You are now listening to Safely Exposed, an interactive podcast with your hosts, Christine and Bianca. Here, we will discuss all things mental health and social justice. So let's talk about it. You're safe safe here. Welcome back, y'all, to (laughs) Safely Exposed with Christine and Bianca. Yeah, we are in here um, and we're just we're talking about sexuality, Mm -hmm. really, and everything underneath around that the galaxy yes. the spectrum the, sp- the <laughs> all of it sexuality sexual orientation is kind of like the language is used now mm-hmm. but what makes up these things um so this is part of like the work i do and so defining sexual orientation has been refers to a person's emotional romantic and sexual attraction to a person of the same or different gender um and those types of attractions there's a lot more we're going to get to into in a second um and sexual orientation can be broken up into attraction behavior and your label um your attraction can be things like um a sexual attraction to someone um an aesthetic attraction to someone like based on like looks and mm-hmm. that kind of thing color of hair color yeah just <laughs> Aesthetic, you find that person aesthetically pleasing. Right. The same way, like, you might look at a house and, like, ooh, mm-hmm. I like the way, you know, the bushes and the door looks. And right. how it's aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. And it brings you joy, right? It mm-hmm. brings you joy. You might want to find out more about the house. You might want to find out more about this person. Yeah. Right? So that's an aesthetic. But, um, and then you have... Physical. Physical attraction. How, how was that defined? So now? physical attraction, right? Like, it's literally just a... It's a simple definition. It's about having the desire to be physically close to someone mm-hmm. not the aesthetic part which i thought that yeah. that's what it was referring to physical attraction included all of the specifics but really it's just like you like to be physically close to someone mm-hmm. those are sometimes it. those touchy-feely folks right that might be like what is this about like no they just want to be close to you exactly um <laughs> physically close to you um and then this one was the kicker <sighs> okay for us and so while we were preparing for this episode <laughs> we came across romantic attraction and we were like what what is that what is romantic like how because all the definitions we kept finding had the word romance in it and it's like okay so what is romance <laughs> how do you define it right you know how to spell it but and we want to pose this question to our listeners like what do you all consider romance how do you define it right and we'll give you a little bit of what we came up with yeah so romance or romantic attraction is the desire to kind of perform romance Mm. in a way like what you think of in the movies the flowers the dinner the dancing but like and that is would you say a social contract yeah i was like romance is a social construct because when i when b was looking up the definition all i kept thinking was getting images of like disney Mm -hmm. movies princesses and like chivalry yeah like chivalry and courting and wooing and like what that looks like right and so it was like oh it's really just performing it's the act of like ooh, see what i'm going how am i going to attract this person to me do i want to romance them into being my lover want to romance them into being my wife or my my spouse romance them into being my bestie yes so because we we talk about bromance bromance hey that was like a a term coined in <laughs> in whatever year that was but like it is the act of it is the the performance of what going out for drinks mm-hmm. and like that 
I don't know, camaraderie kind of thing that is performative. We don't know what's deeper than that. Like the same way, like going to dinner and dancing. We don't know what's deeper than that. You're just going to dinner and dancing. You might have particular feelings that are deeper. Right. That's, I think, where in certain relationships, we're not talking about relationships today. We're talking about sexuality. Yes. But I think just to, to put this pin here, that is where a lot of confusion comes or issues come when like the romance is gone. Somebody stopped the performance. Right. But if you stop the performance, what's behind that? Exactly. And a lot of people, and even like with the situationships and people have been talking for a few months and they're like, oh, well, we were doing all this romantic stuff. So they thought that they were in a relationship because romance is only for romantic relationships. Right. Like, quote, unquote, <laughs> right. Serious boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, they, they, whoever, like whoever you with, you know, committed. Yeah committed like that's what people say it is but it yeah as we know that can be so many things but we love this rabbit hole because it was like oh okay (laughs) we thought we knew what romance was but we yeah well we thought we knew it wasn't what it was um which i think is really great in having conversation around sexual orientation and sexuality Mm -hmm. because people have these ideas these fixed ideas as to what they are um and they're not that no it's a lot more complex complex like when we're talking about attraction again that's just one piece of your sexual attraction like your sexual orientation excuse me your sexuality right there's also the behavior piece Mm -hmm. right a lot of people might say what we just described around romance is the behavior piece part of it Mm -hmm. but um sexual behavior is kind of what we're talking about here when we're talking about sexuality um whether who you're engaging in sexual relations or not engaging in sexual Mm -hmm. relations with right Mm -hmm. um and then the labels you put on that. That's all those three things, the attraction, the behavior, and the label, whether you want to identify as heterosexual, um, homosexual, queer, mm-hmm. gay, lesbian, um, bisexual, you know, um, asexual, aromantic. Um, these are all labels. But when you look at this attraction behavior Venn diagram? Yes. There you go. <laughs> Venn diagram that I'm looking at. Um it's all of those things put together that make up your sexual orientation. So, oh my God. That's, I mean, that, those labels though, there's also like the diagnostic labels mm, that I ahead. find problematic because literally while we were doing this research again, I was looking in the handy dandy DSM and coming across like diagnoses like male hypoactive sexual desire disorder, which really is talking about like a lack of sexual desire and i'm like well asexuality is a thing is a thing so but and just kind of looking through this book too and seeing that like obviously you have to take into account someone's environment mm-hmm. um the culture mm-hmm. the if they have any sexual trauma um what context. were their first sexual yeah context thank you so i'm like I'm kind of troubled. I'm like, why is this even in here? Mm. If asexuality has been recognized, if there has been a recognition of the spectrums, you know, if something's in the DSM, it's like, okay, at what point is this everyday? If something that everybody deals with is starting to become um, problematic, um, affecting your health and everyone around you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I think maybe that's something that crops up in one's life mm-hmm. as opposed to that's how that person's always been mm-hmm. um maybe that's how that diagnosis is is used but like how do you accurately diagnose it maybe that person was masking for a long time which right. is like just hiding that from the world and mm-hmm. now they're in a long-term relationship and it's come up and like they just really have been just 
yeah, not interested or mm-hmm. actually what was what was the def- what was the word you used? What was the sorry? The hypoactive sexual desire? Is- Maybe <laughs> they weren't and now they are and like they feel like they should be able to like hypo is in less Yes. Thank you. Um, I'm like brain. Hypers more hypo. Thank you. But yeah, so like maybe the person had come to a point where like, oh, they're no longer interested anymore. So like, what are the symptoms and how is that diagnosed? But yeah, right. Like, why is that in there? And like, are there any like notes in there for folks using the good old DSM? Yeah. (laughs) Like for them to, I mean, I suspect so, but still. I mean, when you think about instances where someone may lose their desire because they don't have they lost their job mm-hmm. or maybe their partner Stress. is pregnant mm-hmm. and they don't find them sexually appealing anymore that's that right aesthetically so, like, pleasing. But right aesthetic like thing and you know that those layers of attraction learning about this and you guys hearing about this lets you know it's really not just like if you like boys if you like girls then that's it that's it there <laughs> might be there might be levels to how you like your attraction levels to that um i'll use myself as an example mm-hmm. i'm married to a woman i am i am all the attractions to my wife <laughs> um emotionally romantically sexually physically and aesthetically attracted to my wife um if i were a single person i would say all of those attractions to women like very much so uh when it came to men when it comes to men i'm aesthetically attracted and sexually attracted mm-hmm. i have no desire for the romance performance mm-hmm. no desire to give it or mm-hmm. to receive it from men um i realize it used to really aggravate me when mm-hmm. i was expected or trying mm-hmm. to be given i'm like i don't i don't need that from you mm-hmm. um and like hurt people's feelings because like they were so accustomed to people receiving that well um and wanting that and it was just like mm-hmm. no like okay cool but i'd be so unbothered un unmoved by it yeah. and it was just like i can fake this if you want but it was just unsuccessful i'm very grateful i learned that very quickly not to waste my time in life mm-hmm. behavior wise um i still slept with men mm-hmm. um you know engage with them and so for people who saw me at those times be like oh they're straight and I'm yep. like, nope, that's the and that's the wrong label for me. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Um, and people who'd see me now be like, oh, they're a lesbian. Nope, that's not the label to lose refuse for me either. And I think when we talk about sexual orientation and sexuality, making sure that we're not making assumptions about, based on mm-hmm. what we see, or like right. in the behavior, to slap on a label for them. Right. I think the label is always up to the individual and the person. And I think there's always so many so much pushback. We always look at the behavior. Mm-hmm. Just think about was tied back to romance, like how much weight is put on the romance part, the behavior performative aspects of relationships that when that stuff is gone, what's underneath or even, yeah, what's underneath. Because even if we're looking at um, celebrities, yep. People see their romance mm-hmm. in public, right? See them wooing each other. Um, these I, big gestures. These and big displays. Mm-hmm, of love and thinking, oh my God, that looks perfect. That looks awesome. Relationship goals. You don't know what's under the hood. Right. Because romance is a performance, right? And it can also be used as a tool of, to, mm-hmm. of, of abuse, mm-hmm. actually, manipulation. Mm-hmm. And you see it sometimes with big gesture apologies. Mm-hmm. Right. In front of everybody making a show. Mm -hmm. So and that's why I feel like a lot of people I have clients who are like, you know, but he did this or she said that or did that. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I I think Mm -hmm. that I'm getting this honest, you know, apology and amends. And then but they feel internally something's off. Like it's not completely right. So, yeah, I think this is a great conversation that 
I think people should be having more of. Mm. There's a part of this conversation in terms of attraction. I'm going to bring it up around folks being attracted to trans people Mm, here mm -hmm. and really freaking out because of what labels they've associated with that. Right. Right. Um, They made labels all is based on behavior, behavior. not on. Right. And what is the behavior? Like there is no, like you didn't do anything. You might've had, you might've have feelings, Mm. but I feel like people conflate feelings with behavior. Mm-hmm. And even then, even if you behave a particular way, you could still call yourself straight if that's... You are straight. So mm-hmm. if you're a cis person attracted to a woman and later find out that woman is a trans woman, um, you're still straight. Yeah. That that didn't change anything. Yeah. But it didn't... You, you, <laughs> if you slept with that woman, you're still straight. Mm-hmm. And I think... And I, I just want to be like, push that. Really right. Like, <laughs> your sexuality it's didn't change. It's not that easy to <laughs> just... <laughs> No, and I think to be clear, like that is, if we're looking at definitions and we're looking at words, you're not a man sleeping with another man, you're a man sleeping with another woman. Mm-hmm. And I think when people come to a place and understand that better, I I really hope that it's a, it becomes a world or a safer place for trans women, mm-hmm. particularly, um, mm-hmm. because there is this, the way we conflate um, these three things, label, attraction, and behavior can be really dangerous for people right like that's why it's important to know these things it's important to do the research like we do the research right to really figure out words mean things mm-hmm. like our like our last one of our last episodes um words really do mean things and to really examine what they mean um and how we're applying them and how again also words grow and meanings change but meanings still are meanings mm-hmm. i guess <laughs> if that makes any sense um yeah no I, it it does because right when i've had sessions with people who are elementary school age children who feel this pressure. Elementary school, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who feel, they're like, I had a young girl who said, I like like boys. I know that I like boys. I have crushes on boys, but like, I don't want to do anything with them. Mm -hmm. She's not in that physical place. But she felt pressure to want to do something. It was like, am I gay then? Am I this? Am I that? And you know, it was, it broke my heart a little bit. So I was like, you're just in this like exploration phase. Like you may not even know fully who you are to. And so like, I even wrote a paper about there's all this pressure on being a sexual person before you even know, know what that is, what it means to have a sexuality, to, to what it looks like for it, you. To, right. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah. And so, you know, it was a lot of validating for her. Like, it's okay that this is where you're at like there's no there really is no pressure to act on any of your feelings but there's social pressures but right there's right. social pressures and i think and families don't do this parent the difficulties with parenting you know the clothes people have always talked about look out um ladies you know my little man or whatever have you like you know yeah the clothes, you know the oh clothes. my god um <laughs> like it's sexualizing children very early um and mm-hmm. ladies this, all the all the, the ladies, ladies man t-shirts that i would get from my child that i would <laughs> proceed to give away I was like, donate this. what if he don't like the ladies um but yeah it doesn't set up it, that's a pressure from jump street to be this particular thing um that society sees you as um to fit this particular idea and it's like what if your kid's not straight what if your kid's not cis that's going yeah. into gender and sexuality. But right. what if your well, your kid is trans or non-binary, mm-hmm. gender non-conforming? Like, yeah. you're setting yourself up. You're setting everybody up for failure. Right, 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 right. And harm. 
like not just failure but like serious harm Mm -hmm. um but as we talk about sexuality like being more open to your own sexuality like i think that's where it starts yes because the moment you see something that is different or hard to a truth a reality that's hard to swallow and something that you're not used to then you don't like think about how you're going to impose that on your child Mm-hmm. On your peers, mm-hmm. on your romantic future, <laughs> Man, potential listen, partners. I, I just had all the pressures. I knew who I was when I was younger. Um, I knew I was not straight, and it was at that point identified as bisexual. And I knew that very clearly in my heart. I was ten when I had the very distinct honor of Ellen DeGeneres coming out, mm. and the world just said, "Forget her." And I went into this frenzy and by 12, I was like, I need to find a prom date. I need to get someone here and be around for this. I need the world to know I'm straight because there was this real serious fear of abandonment Mm. of like losing people because my sexual, I knew for sure my sexuality did not fit the norm, did not fit what was accepted at home and amongst my peers. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was sad, like, which led me to a lot of unhealthy relationships because again, um, my behavior didn't align with what my actual attractions were. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to fit a particular label. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to perform, right? These romantic rights or things that but people see how said that, I should. All of that impacts your esteem, your mm-hmm. confidence, your identity development, which is why, like, when we talk about sexual orientation, we ended up, we end up talking about gender identity mm-hmm. and social relationships because it's all, it's all intertwined. It's mm-hmm. none of it's all connected. None of it's separate. And I feel like some of the pushback is like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. For instance, if I'm not able or allowed to or feel safe speaking about my wife at work, I can't really connect with other people who are like, mm. yeah, the kids were, you know, mm-hmm. out this weekend. So people ask me, how was your weekend? It was good. Um, do you do anything? Yeah, you know, hung out. Oh, with who? You know, like, yeah. kind of like with who? Where'd you go? And it's like, I can't. This is actually. Something. Is it safe to be specific here? Is it, sa- if it, is it safe to be specific? Ooh. And I feel that. With a lot of isms, um, homophobia specifically and transphobia, mm-hmm. folks make it unsafe, mm-hmm. right? Because they can't explore past what they've been taught, what, you know, There's even no room to challenge it. Even within like LGBTQ circles, mm-hmm. it's like you're one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can only be this. There are so many boxes that folks want to put us in. And like, it's that's what it is. That's what it's supposed to look like. And it's like, no, honey. <laughs> no, no, no. There was actually on TikTok this question. This dude was asking, was like, where are all the studs who want to sleep with gay men? And folks were like, if they're studs, that's not how it works. I'm like, mm, I beg to differ. Mm. Studs, just because, and this goes into gender identity, mm-hmm. just because they're um, masculine mm-hmm. presenting doesn't mean that they don't have attraction to men or cis right. men or gay men. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. that's a thing. It's a performative. So there's a lot of the behaviors. Like there's no shame. Yeah. In the behaviors where we see a lot of these traditional type cultures and places, there's usually a religious component yeah. aspect behind it that's feeding into that guilt or that shame. Yes. <sighs> like religious shaming of sexual fluidity mm-hmm. damages folks. It does. It it doesn't it doesn't help bring together like for me my understanding of church and religion is to bring together community in um and spirit mm-hmm. and bring together connection right the spiritual connection but I, what I've learned is it's more about religious performance it's more about mm-hmm. religious um um conformity that is my that is just That's my right. own um opinion on that but 
to that end, it's become very harmful to mm-hmm. people. And you have a lot of people leaving the church in dro- um, droves because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I would say, I think that, you know, with religion, it provides a structure, it provides like, okay, this is, this is the protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like to try to follow that, emulate that with like, that's why we we have all these social constructs that try to um, make it so that there's boxes, there's mm-hmm. categories, there's this, there's that. It's to reduce chaos. And, and like, but fluidity doesn't mean chaos, exactly. right? But I think that's what the fear is a lot of the time, the pushback, the of rejection. Of you, you hear these fallacies of, you know, if we let people, you know, men sleep with men, all of a sudden it's going to be people sleeping with horses and dogs. And I'm right. like, where y'all? That, How did you false, make that leap? That, it's just a big leap. It's We, we leap into bestiality. I'm like, y'all. Or that there's going to... But getting back to like sexual... Well, still being in the realm of sexuality, I feel like the whole point, the goal here in conversation with y'all is to be okay and examine what your attractions really are mm-hmm. right like know what they are like are you interested in romance are you interested in sex yeah. like because all the messages we get are like we should be right but are you like mm-hmm. is is that actually something you're interested in do you want the flowers and or do you just want to hang out with people and be more friendships and like you want to be married to your best friend or you never want to get married right. or you know you want flowers you want the romance but you never want the sex mm-hmm those things are okay. Right. And that might be the same, like, say you're interested in your person who's interested in women and you're like, I enjoy, you know, the romantic aspect of being with women, but I never, ever want to sleep with a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, That's me, actually. I was just about to say, like, for people who, like, I have, I've always told people um, who meet me for the first time, like, with my girlfriends, like, um, my closest girlfriends they people would think that i was with them Mm -hmm. romantically in Mm -hmm. a relationship with them because i'm very romantic with my closest friends even my guy friends actually but you are in a romantic relationship with them and just yes but it's not a sexual relationship platonic goals yes exactly platonic (laughs) goals the romance is to have this beautiful long lasting friendship and again romance is specific to each of us right like Mm, some people love subjective yes some people love the roses and the candlelight dinners mm-hmm. and some people are really not for that. Some people just want your time, right? The romance looks different for everybody and being open to that and finding, you know, we're talking being about clear on it, right? The love languages thing. You talk love, about. Yep. That, that that's essentially what romance is, is like your love language. Yeah. Um, what feels good, what feels right for you, what feels comfortable for you. And also being able to advocate because Sometimes people are not comfortable with how you want to be romanced yeah. and how you romance. Yeah. Get yeah. clear on that. I thought I married somebody who wasn't going to like flowers and stuff like that. They loved them some flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't be publicizing that, but, you know, um, <laughs> but no, they love flowers. Um, I think when we first started talking, that's not how we understood. Mm-hmm. And we just del- delved deeper and was like, oh, no, it's it's not about this label, this, you know, yeah. their gender identity. Um, it's not just about that. Um, it's about what they want and what they think is really nice. So not assuming. Not assuming, asking based questions. Based on the label, not assuming based on the behavior, not assuming based on the attraction. Because you still like, have to ask, <laughs> right? You still have to ask. You still have to go deeper. And I feel like... I feel like sometimes people don't want to go deeper because they want that quick fix. They want to know that they did it right. Yep. They want that instant gratification. I did the thing. I did the romance thing. I mm-hmm. bought the flowers. I'm doing good. Yeah. And then people are like, no, nah, but I don't care for the flowers. And right. it's like, wait, what? 
and you, you feel would, rejected. Yes, you feel rejected. You feel disappointed, embarrassed, mm-hmm. even. And you can avoid that. Yep. By asking questions. Right. And I asking think, yourselves questions. Right. I and I think how many clients I've had who are like, I'm. They're putting up with someone mm. because there's romance there but when it comes down to the meat of it there's always arguments about who cares more who doesn't show up this way and i'm like but did you when you you asked them questions but did you ask yourself Self- questions mm-hmm. and tell yourself the truth mm. answer Ooh. honestly Ooh, <laughs> tell yourself the truth <laughs> like what you really need like yeah you like the romance but you also need someone to be honest with you and if you're not getting honesty then why are you there. still there mm-hmm. Um, because, right, we get all these messages about they're doing this. Romance means this. No. Romance we is a show. Today, it's well, a show. It's a show. It's a performance. It's you a beautiful, beautiful play. You got to get clear on the intentions. Is the romance to just get you into bed? Is the romance just to keep you around on the roster? Is the romance to be with you forever? Figure it out early. Mm-hmm. And when you get your answer, believe it. <laughs> believe it and also okay. figure out what that answer means for you. Yeah. Not rework it so like now y'all are both doing your dirt <laughs> and being <laughs> shady, dishonest. Like, let's be real. Mm-hmm. Does that does what the goals are and the deeper meaning mm-hmm. align with what your goals are and your deeper wants? Mm-hmm. Right. And if they aren't, you got to do the hard work of maybe saying bye. Yeah, I gotta let this go. And some someone sent me a message recently that has to do with alignment. Because, right, people have this goal, this desire to be aligned. Mm -hmm. You know, saying yes when you want to say yes, saying no when you want to say no. Alignment isn't always a nice, comfortable fit. Many times it's destruction to everything you thought was aligned for you. Ooh, where'd that come from? (sighs) Brendan Durrell. Oh, that's on Twitter. Twitter? Okay. We'll post that. Um, (laughs) But no, that's dope. Yeah. So sometimes you're finding out your sexuality, it might be this shattering Mm-hmm. experience i think for some people that but at the other end it, of it right you get to see who you really are exactly and it doesn't have to be this rigid thing no it's it can change over time yeah it can be fluid like the whole universe right. is still <laughs> moving and growing right. and shaping itself who says that you aren't oh my gosh be like the universe <laughs> be like be the like the universe <laughs> That's all we got for you today. All right. Be well, y'all. Take care. Stay safe. All content and information on this platform, including products and or services, is for informational and educational purposes only and does not replace medical, psychological, or health advice of any kind with a qualified professional. Take care and be safe.